Please turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. I'll be talking about parents and children today and into next week. Ephesians chapter 6, we'll be looking at verse 1 from the ESV translation. This is the word of the Lord. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. Children, if you haven't been dismissed yet, you are dismissed for children's church, kindergarten through second grade. Well, I may have shared this story years ago, but uh, I've learned over the years that it's very difficult for us as Americans at times to submit to authority. And I've seen a lot of don't tread on me signs because we value our independence. We value our freedom. And a lot of that is a good thing, right? A lot of that is a good thing. But when it comes to the home, we don't necessarily need to have that motto of don't tread on me. But instead, how it once was told from a a pastor friend that my home is not a democracy, it's a dictatorship. (laughs) And the dad and mom are the parents, they're the authority. And that's what this message is all about. But as a a young adult man, I, I had just turned 18. And I was going into my senior year, I was a little old for my class, but I was going into the summer of my senior year, and my parents only had about two rules for me. Their two rules were, Seth, we need to know where you are when you leave this house, and we have a curfew set for you. And they extended my curfew to to midnight on weekends. But they said, but we don't want you to be a minute late, we don't want you to come home at 1210, we want you home at 12 or even a little earlier. I said, okay, parents, sounds great. I can do that. But when I turned 18, I thought, you know, I'm a grown man at this time, and I might be able to push the limits a little bit. Well, it turns out uh, one night I ended up being out, and and I wasn't really in a hurry getting home. I get home about 12.05, 12.10, and I noticed that the house was pretty dark. And I thought, well, that's good. My parents are asleep, and we're, we're in good shape. So I begin to go through the house, and I notice there's a little dimmer of light in the living room, and I thought, well, that's odd. I thought everybody was asleep, and out of nowhere, I hear this loud, booming radio voice say, Seth, get over here. And I thought, "Uh uh-oh, what have I done? And so I begin to walk slowly, really slowly, to the living room, and there's my dad. It's kind of weird, but there was no TV on, just a little lamp on. He wasn't even reading a book. He was just sitting there. And he said, Seth, in his deep radio voice, I've been up waiting on you because your mom is scared to death. And he said, and frankly, I'm tired. (laughs) And he said, we told you midnight. And it is 12.05, young man. And he said, never, ever again. And I said, Roger that. (laughs) For those of you that don't know my dad, he has a deep radio voice. He's been in country radio for 40 years, and he's the voice of the Lady Vols basketball team. Anytime he gets mad, his voice will go even more into that radio voice, and it's very intimidating. So all he had to do is just say, Seth, and it got my attention. And I never did it again. I was home early from then on. You know, it's interesting. This year I'm turning 40. My mom next month is turning 70. And my mom, just a few months ago, she told me some counsel that I needed to hear. And I thought to myself, you never stop parenting, do you? 
here, here I am now a grown man, and my 70-year-old mother is still telling me what I need to hear. Praise the Lord for that. <laughs> but also, it sent a message to me a few months ago that you never stop parenting, ever. And I still honor my mom and dad to this day. Why do I honor them? It's because it was instilled in me at a very young age to submit to mom and dad's authority. That they were the authority figures and I was called to submit to their leadership under their authority. It starts in the home. It starts young. And that's what we desperately need to hear in our day-to-day in America. That the parent's primary job is to disciple their children and to teach them at a young age the importance of submitting under authority and the importance of obedience. This morning, I'm going to be addressing just three questions. What is honor? Then I'm going to talk about why should we honor our mom and dad? And then we'll look at what are practical implications on how to honor our mom and dad. What is honor? Well, before we look at what honor is, we need to talk about what honor is not. Honor is not, it does not mean that you are called to like mom and dad. Let me just throw this out there at the beginning. I know I'm talking to many of you who had horrible childhood experiences. You had moms and dads who really weren't good moms and dads. They neglected you, they may have even abused you. You are not called to have warm, fuzzy feelings for mom and dad, especially those types of parents. Honoring mom and dad does not mean that you like them. It means that you hold them in a position of authority, in a position of esteem, really of reverence. So it doesn't mean that you have warm feelings for them. It also doesn't mean that you are to trust them. You don't necessarily have to trust mom and dad if they are untrustworthy. If they, over the years, have lost your trust, you can politely distance yourself. You can even begin to set clear and healthy boundaries with mom and dad if you grew up in a toxic environment and if they haven't learned from that. However, it doesn't mean you completely separate yourself from your mom and dad. And I know people who haven't talked to their mom and dad in many, many years. And I would challenge you on that, that that should not be the case. And you may say, Seth, you don't understand. No, and I don't. But what I teach is Scripture, and Scripture tells us to forgive and also at the same time to set healthy boundaries with a toxic parent. So honoring mom and dad doesn't mean you have to trust them. It doesn't mean you have to like them. It also doesn't mean that you follow them into sin. So if they forbid you to do what God commands, and if they command you to do what God forbids, then you are first to obey God before you obey mom and dad. You honor God and obey God before you honor man. So if your parent is telling you to do something that is contrary to God's word, you stand up to them out of respect, and you say, mom and dad, I respectfully disagree, and I cannot do what you're asking me to do because it goes against God's word and it goes against my conscience. But as you disagree with mom and dad, you disagree in an honorable, respectful way. So honoring mom and dad does not mean you have to like them. It doesn't mean you have to trust them all the time if they're untrustworthy. And it doesn't mean that you follow them into sin. But what does it mean? 
The word honor in Hebrew is kavod, and kavod means heavy and weight. And if you think of it, a lot of you in here are parents or grandparents. It comes with a heavy weight of responsibility to be a parent. It's a privilege to be a parent. And at the same time, there's a lot of responsibility to be a parent and even a grandparent. With that in mind, it's a lot of responsibility to be a child, even an adult child to a grown parent. Honoring a parent means that there's a weight to it, a heaviness to it. It also means really three words that I'll unpack in just a minute. It means to show reverence to your parents. Honor, honor does. It means to submit to your parents, even to obey them. And it means to show gratitude to mom and dad. That's what honor, honor means. So why should we honor mom and dad? Paul gives us three reasons why we should honor mom and dad. And the first thing he says in verse 1 is, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. We should honor mom and dad because it's good. It's good to honor mom and dad. It goes within the natural order of things, natural law. And if you think about it, almost every single culture that's ever existed lives on this rule. That children should honor their parents, their moms and dads. Non-Christian cultures, Christian cultures. They operate on this principle. It's natural law. And it's as if Paul is saying to his audience in Ephesus and to us today, he's saying, children, obey your parents because it's the right thing to do. And after all, everybody's doing it. It goes within the natural order of things. So why should we obey mom and dad? It's because it's good. It's the right thing to do. The second reason why we should obey mom and dad is because it's our duty. Verse 2, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. Paul is referring back to the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 5. And in Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5, the fifth commandment is honor your father and mother. God is saying, I'm commanding you to do this. This is part of your duty, children, is to honor your parents because God has placed them in a position of authority over us as children. You know, as you look at the Ten Commandments, the first four commandments are the commandments that describe our duty towards God. They're vertical in relationship. The next six describe our duty towards each other. They're horizontal. And what I find interesting is that God begins with the commandment of honoring your father and mother first when he talks about our relationships with others. Why? Because it's in the home where you begin to be shaped and formed into who God wants you to be. The home is to be a disciple-making place where parents' primary job is to teach and train their children in the ways of the Lord so that when their kids get older, they will not leave what was taught to them in the home. The essence of parenting is teaching. And you never stop teaching your children, ever, especially when they're under your roof. And so this is a duty that God gives us. He's saying, honoring your father and mother is something I want you to do. And it's the foundation of all your relationships. And it's the foundation of all the other commandments in that you need to honor mom and dad. 
But the third reason as to why we should honor mom and dad is it's frankly for our own good. Look at verse 2 and 3 again. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long, live long in the land. Let's go back to, to Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5, the fifth commandment. What does it say? Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Deuteronomy 5, honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live long and that it may go well with you in the land the Lord your God has given you. Paul quotes the Ten Commandments in Ephesians here, the fifth commandment. And he's saying, honor your father and mother because there's a promise attached to it. It's actually for your benefit. And that promise is, is that you will live a long life if you obey and honor mom and dad. Now, as you read that, you think, okay, so that means if I respect mom and dad, then I'll live a long life. There is some truth to that. Now, there are exceptions to this where there have been kids who have honored their mom and dad and they, they died tragically as a teenager or as a young adult. But I believe this promise really says two things. It first talks to the individual and it tells the individual, if you honor mom and dad, you will have a long, productive life in the land. Now, when Moses wrote the Ten Commandments, when, when he wrote Exodus and Deuteronomy, God wrote it. But when Moses wrote those books in the Pentateuch, he's referring to the land of Canaan. Paul wrote it thousands of years later. He's referring to the Roman era. And he's saying, Christians, you're living in this land that God has given you. And you will live a long life if you honor mom and dad. And I want you to think practically about what this means for each one of us. For those of you who are parents and have, have been parents of, like the Smith family, the, the toddlers or the infants, do you remember those years? Do you remember that you weren't really just parenting, you were protecting? What I mean by that is you were making sure that, that your little infant and toddler was not putting everything in his or her mouth. And you were always watching them like hawks to make sure that they weren't killing themselves. They weren't putting a knife in their mouth, for example. Because <laughs> they would. I kid you not, you know, I have four kids, nine and under. And we're getting out of those toddler years now into the elementary years. It's, it's a different shift and a different season now as a parent. But we got our, our oldest daughter, Abby, a bed this week. And we put together a full-size bed. She graduated from the twin size to the full size. It was a big moment for the Hammond household. Well, there was a moment where I was downstairs as, uh, as, they, as we were just getting the beds ready. And, and all of a sudden, I hear two of my kids just jumping on this mattress. I mean, what is going on? It was, the, it was one of the mattresses that we were going to give away. Somehow, it ended up in our hallway on the second floor. And my kids were bouncing on it. And it was right over the rail to where if they jumped over it, they would have fallen. And they would have really severely hurt themselves. But they weren't really thinking about that. So I run upstairs. I'm like, what's going on, Caleb and Katie? What's happening? And I'm seeing them jumping. And I'm seeing how high they're jumping. And they're about to jump over the railing and about to kill themselves. And so I mean, said, kids, stop jumping. You're about to jump over the rail and you're going to really hurt yourself. And as good kids did, they don't always do this, but they listened and said, okay. And they stopped. Thank the Lord for that. What was I doing as a parent? I was just merely protecting them from killing themselves. And it happens almost every week where we leave a restaurant 
out of Turkey Creek. And you know, with Turkey Creek, it's crazy busy in the parking lot. And after we leave the restaurant, we go out first to make sure they don't run out into the parking lot and get hit by a car. So in that sense, you think of it, okay, this is for our good. It's a promise that if we honor and obey mom and dad because they, they have our best interest in heart in the sense that they, they're trying to protect us from hurting ourselves, we might make it out okay. <laughs> so it's a first a promise to individuals, but second, it's really a promise to the community. Because when God said, honor your father and mother, he's talking not just to individual believers, he's talking to a community of believers. That's why I'm so glad we we did a baptism earlier today, because it's a community here. And God is saying, if the community learns to obey mom and dad, this land will be healthy. You will live in a land that's prosperous. What happens when children disobey their parents what happens to a nation we know that it is a sign of degeneration and decadence Romans chapter 1 tells us exactly what happens to a people and to a land and to a nation when children no longer honor mom and dad since they do not did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They disobey their parents. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. What is Paul saying here in Romans 1? He's saying God has given people over to their depraved minds, to their sinful hearts. One reason is, is because they were disobeying their parents. And when people disobey their parents... It will bring great harm and destruction to a people group, to a land, to a community. And if you study history, I'll give you one example. Think about what happened in Europe just throughout the centuries. Centuries ago, Europe was the place that that was leading the way for the number of Christians within it. There was great revival at times in Europe. What has happened over the time in Europe? Do you know how many Christians, Bible-believing Christians, are in Europe today? Less than 2%. Why is that? I truly believe it's because the parents stopped discipling their children in the home, and it's because the parents no longer had respect and honor, or the kids no longer had respect and honor to their parents. It's a sign of degeneration and destruction, decadence. If you just go to the book of Judges, you'll see it. It describes in the very beginning of, Ju- of Judges that when Joshua died, a generation had passed. And, and that this generation was no longer remembered what their parents taught them and their parents' faith. And, and they began to drift from the, from the Lord. And as a result of that, the nation did what was right in their own eyes. And it was anarchy. In the same way, in America... If we as parents don't train our children the importance of obedience and of honoring authority at a young age and then even into teenage years, we will lose that generation and our nation will continue to drift further and further and further away from God. No wonder we've been praying for revival. Again, it starts in the home. We need a revival and it first starts in the home and it starts in the church. And the people of God need to wake up and rise up and say, 
Enough is enough. We're going to teach and train our children in the ways of God so that when they get older, it will not leave them. And we pass down our faith to the generations to come. Why do we honor mom and dad? It is because it's for our good. So the third question this morning is, how do we honor mom and dad practically? What does this look like? You know, I'm a practical person. I love the Bible. I love the theology part of it. I also love the application part of it. So how does this apply to us? Well, uh, let's go back to those three words of honor. First, reverence. What does it practically look like to revere mom and dad, to show them honor? Well, the first and foremost thing we need to do is we've got to speak well of them and not speak negative about them, especially grown kids with their children. Our children do not need to hear a lot of bad things about our parents. We don't need to throw our parents under the bus in front of our kids. That's not a way we honor mom and dad. It's a way we dishonor them. So we speak well of them by holding them to a certain esteem. The second thing we can do is we pray for them. We pray for them regularly. And I know there's a lot of grandparents in this room. One thing we as adult children with young kids can do as our grandparents come to our home, we can welcome grandma and grandpa into our home and we can seat them at the, at the place of honor at the dinner table. So I don't need to sit at the head of honor. I need my dad or my mom to sit there because they're the patriarchs and matriarchs of the family. That's just a simple way of showing them honor, but we say, grandpa and grandma, we want you to, to, to sit in the place of honor. And we don't just want you to sit here. We want to hear a story about how God has been faithful to you. You know, maybe after dinner, after you sit and eat with grandma and grandpa, maybe you could go to the living room and sit on the couch and say, grandma and grandpa, can you share just one story? And by the way, grandma and grandpa, make it brief. Keep the kids' attention. But ask grandma and grandpa, hey, just share one story about the family. You know, some of the things that that you experienced that maybe our kids haven't experienced. Because our grandparents lived in the, the age where there was no cell phones. Why don't you tell us about that? Or tell us about where you, where you just lived through struggle and how you overcame it, how you persevered. Tell us about how, how you came to faith in Christ and how the generations, even before you, if, if we did have a family line of faith, tell us about that. You know, it's important for us to learn from our elders And that's a way that we show them respect. Unfortunately, we live in a pop culture today that simply values 15 to 25-year-olds. What if we as a church began to value 60, 70, 80, 90-year-olds? And we said, not only do you have a place here in this church, but we want to learn from you. And I'm fortunate to have an elder board where I'm still the youngest elder. I'm still the youngest elder on on the session. Out of 19 elders... And I'm fortunate to have a lot of men in their 60s, even I think some in their early 70s. I'm fortunate to have the wisdom of these men because they keep me from doing some crazy things as a young guy, right? And as young parents and as young adults, we need the wisdom spoken to us. We need the wisdom and experience of them saying, hey, you may not want to go in that direction because I did it and I failed. Or you might want to do this because it works out well. A way we can show reverence to our parents is by hearing them out. And as we get older and as our parents get older, we still need to humble ourselves before our parents. And even if we disagree with their advice, we can tell them, Mom and Dad, thank you for sharing that. I'll definitely file that away and I'll keep that in mind. You may not do what your parents are asking you to do. And as an adult, you have every right to make your decision. 
And at the same time, you can agree with your parents to respectfully disagree. But at least tell them, mom and dad, thank you for the counsel. I may or may not take it, but I definitely will file it away. That's a way that you can show reverence to your parents. That's a way that we show honor. And after all, our reverence for parents is not in spite of our reverence for God, but it's because of our reverence of God. Leviticus 19.3 tells us, each of you must respect your mother and father. I am the Lord your God. We respect mom and dad because God wants us to and because we respect God. When we disrespect mom and dad, we're disrespecting God. So one way we can practically honor mom and dad is is by showing them reverence. The second way we do it is by submitting to them. And the word submission, as I talked about a few weeks ago with wives submitting to their husband's leadership in the home, is we are to yield. We are to yield under the authority that God has placed over us with our parents. As you think about Ephesians 6, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Colossians 3.20 tells us, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. There's a great book out there on parenting. If you haven't read it, I encourage you to read it for you parents. It's called Shepherding a Child's Heart by Ted Tripp. And in that book, Ted Tripp, he says, When you're teaching your children at an early age, the first thing you need to teach them is obedience. You need to teach them authority. As they get older, you shift from giving them a bunch of rules, and then you begin to work on their character more than you do obedience. Because hopefully by the time they're preteen and teenagers, they they know what it's like to obey, and now you really just want to shape the the character of 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 the kid. But in that book, he tells children some great advice. He says, when mom and dad ask you to do something, you do it without excuse without complaining, and without delay. So let's think about those three things. When mom and dad ask you to do something, you do it without excuse, without complaining, and without delay. So let's let's bring it home here. Because I know this happens to every one of us. It happens to me all the time. Okay, Caleb, let's wake up. Let's get ready for school. Five minutes goes by. Caleb, let's go. (laughs) And then I run over there. Caleb, get up. One time. I only need to tell him one time to wake up. He doesn't need to wake up 10 minutes later. He doesn't need to wake up five minutes later. He, we, he needs to wake up right now. It's the first call. I don't need to say his name twice. I don't need to say his name a third time. I don't need to remind him what I told him the first time. I tell him one time and that should be enough. We're still learning that, right? Another example. Okay, Katie, it's time for dinner. Mom's been working for an hour. We're ready. Food's still hot. Time for dinner. Come on. Where's Katie? Katie, come on. Come on, Katie. Katie, Katie, come on. Okay, five minutes later, Katie comes to the dinner table. I'm just saying this in general. She does a good job. But Katie comes. Katie, why did it take so long? Without delay, when we tell you to come, come. We don't need to repeat it five times. Another example. Okay, kids, it's it's time to do chores. Time Time to do chores. Kids, chore time. We've reminded you, chore time, let's go. If you're a child in the room and your parents ask you to do chores, don't delay, don't wait. Do it then. And don't complain. Oh, mom, I don't want to make my bed. Oh, mom, this was, this was so-and-so's fault. This isn't my fault. I didn't make the mess. If your mom and dad ask you to clean up, do it then. Don't wait. Don't complain. Don't argue. Do it then. And as parents, if you get resistance from your kids, you discipline them on the spot. And it's hard. And believe me, me and Stephanie are playing cop right now, and it's really hard. 
because we're teaching them obedience. But you have to do it because if you're not consistent, it will bite you. It will bite you. And don't randomly reinforce it. You have to enforce it constantly. And it is exhausting, but it's part of the job. It's part of the call that God placed on us as parents. So as children, when your parents ask you to do chores, don't make excuses. When they ask you to go to bed, don't delay. When they ask you to wake up, wake up. That's a way you can show them honor, is by doing it the first time and not waiting. And, and parents, please don't do a countdown. Don't say, I'll, I'll, you got 10 seconds to get here. Because that teaches them, I still have 10 seconds to disobey. Teach them one time, come now, come now. And as a parent, you got to be respectful, right? And I've learned over, over time, I, I can't expect necessarily Caleb to just, when I say wake up, I don't need to expect him to just jump out of bed and get, get his clothes on really fast. If he eases into it, that's, that's great. But what I'm talking about is, okay, it's been 10 minutes. Come on, get out of bed, buddy. I'm, I'm just giving an example, right? We all deal with this as parents. But as children, please, a way you can show your parents honor is by doing what they ask you to do and not delaying, not complaining, and not making excuses. As your child gets older, preteen, teenage years, they're not machines, so you want to teach them some independence, and you want to teach them this concept of how to make an appeal. What I mean by that is, if you ask your, t- your kid, who's a preteen or teenager, and you say, it's time for bed, and your kid is reading a book, and they have a page left to read in the chapter, they still need to close the book and go to bed, but as they're closing the book and going to bed, they could ask mom or dad, mom, I've got one more page to read of this chapter. Do you mind if I finish it, and then I promise I'll, close, I'll, I'll, I'll turn the lights off? Your mom can say yes or no. Your mom can say no, close the book, go to bed. Or she can say, yeah, I'll let you read that last page or two and then go to bed. You know, another way to make an appeal would be your, your, your dad asks you, okay, can you come and, and clean the dishes? And you're watching a Disney Plus show and you say, dad, I've got two more minutes of the show. Do you mind if, if I just finish the show and then I promise I'll, I'll do the dishes? The dad can say no, put it on pause and come do it now. Or the dad can say, yeah, go ahead and Finish out the the show, but after the show, come and do the dishes. You see what I'm talking about? That's an appeal that as a a preteen or a teenager, they they should have that right to make an appeal. But here's the thing about teenagers and preteens. You don't always need to make the appeal. (laughs) Don't abuse the appeal, right? Don't abuse it. If your parents are asking you to do something, learn to do it. That's a way that we honor them by submitting to them. And finally, the third thing that we do that we can show honor is by showing them gratitude. Life as a parent is a constant sacrifice. It's a sacrifice of our money, our time, our energy, our desires. It's a sacrifice of our sleep. It's a sacrifice of our tears. And the sacrifice is worth it. It is amazing to be a parent. It is such a privilege. And you know what we love to do as parents, good parents? We love when our kids smile. We love to make our kids happy. We love planning birthday parties and seeing them open up the presents with joy. We love Christmas time. We love going on vacations. Just this weekend, you know, if you don't know, I'm in the Air National Guard as a chaplain. We had the privilege this weekend of going to the wilderness at the Smokies, the indoor water park, and I got to train 25 families on how to parent and all that. It was really fun. But once a year we do this, and as chaplains, we we get to enjoy the water parks ourselves. And so I always look forward to this moment because I get to take my kids to the wilderness and they get to have a blast. 
you know, it's a sacrifice for me to work on the weekends. It's a sacrifice for me to do these things, but I absolutely love it. Because last night I'm sitting here twirling my daughters and my son around in the pool, and we're just having the time of our life, and I'm seeing them smile with joy. There's no greater joy than seeing your kids smile as a parent. And so children, I want you to know that about your parents. I want you to know your mom and dad absolutely love you. And they want you to be happy. They want you to be content. And so here's the thing I would challenge you as kids to do. When your parents do something for you, show them appreciation. And say, thanks mom and dad. That really meant a lot. And, and don't just open up a toy and play with it for 10 minutes and then go on to the next thing. Because you know we do that. We, we get this toy, we show excitement, and then all of a sudden, let, what's the next toy? What's the next thing? What's the, and we forget the toy we were just given. Instead of that, say, Mom and Dad, thanks for that. I really appreciate that. You know what my daughter, Abby, did this week? I'll never forget it. We, we graduated her from the twin bed to the, uh, to the full-size bed. She at first said, I don't want the twin bed, I want the, or I don't want the full-size bed. I, I want the bed just like Katie's because I, I want us to match. And then, and then we said, but you'll like it, trust me. We built the bed for her. She fell in love with it. And then she said, Mom and Dad, I love this bed so much, I don't even want to go to the water park this weekend. I just want to sleep in my bed. And I was like, what? You know, <laughs> like I was really thankful, but at the same time I was like, what? You know, <laughs> and I said, trust me, Abby, you're going to love the water park when we get there. But even this weekend, she loved it, but she said, I'm homesick. I'm ready to go back and see my bed. You know, it was a little crazy and funny at the same time, but I was so thankful for that because it showed gratitude. She held on to that. And I was like, wow, that's character. That's character development. So again, kids, teenagers, old kids like myself, show mom and dad appreciation for what they do for you and what they have done for you. Thank them. I still thank my parents this day now that I'm raising four kids. I thank them more now than I did when I was younger because I now see what they had to go through. And I'll tell mom and dad, thank you for raising four kids. Thank you for all the stuff you did for me because now I'm seeing it and living it in my own eyes, my own life. At the same time, a way we can honor mom and dad is by showing gratitude for them for sacrificing so much.